Wake up, wake up, 502, what's going down? It's your boy Rashawn Myers here, WXVW, Big X Sports Radio. Wake up, 502 is the name of the show. Rashawn Myers is your host, that is myself, and we are going back to Cali in honor of the Super Bowl. It's going down, Super Sunday is tomorrow, L.A., City of Angels is going down, man. Biggie bringing us in with a little bit of going back to Cali. Joined, as always, on the line by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joe, what's going on this morning, sir? Man, ready for this halftime show tomorrow. You know, I'm telling you, the one of the great. It's, this is going to be one of the greatest halftime shows literally, literally ever. Like, I feel like I feel like it's about to become. I'm not trying to hype it up too much. But I really do feel like the new discussion is going to be Prince or Prince or the the Death Row uh, halftime show. Who you got? As far as best halftime performances? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's it's going to be that's that. It was a strong offer when you heard, you know, the Death Row and Mary J. Blige. Like it's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I, they announced that there's going to be a special, another special guest. Of course, and I is. really hope. I really, really, really hope. Like my first thought was, all right, who out from? who else out from LA, you know, could it possibly be? And I was like, well, they wouldn't bother like even hyping up the Warren G or exhibit were coming out. <laughs> They'd just be like, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, no Warren shade. G. <laughs> no, no, no shade. What about the twins? Like, hey, and the, what, what they brought they're like, you know? hey, and, 
Yeah, here to perform his 1994 classic, Hey DJ, here's Snoop's cousin. <laughs> uh, they said something about a hologram and I, or, or, you know, having a, a guest. A lot of people have their money on uh, hologram Tupac. Mm. I'm putting mine on hologram Nate Dog. Mm, I like it. Because think about it, man. You can't really do the G Funk All Stars yeah. without Nate Dog. Yeah, no, and, that's, it, that's and, true. and like Ice Cube said, it ain't a single if Nate Dog ain't singing on now, it. You better believe it. When you heard Nate Dog so, on the hook, you know it was a hit. Like uh, every funny, time. funny side funny quick side note about uh about Nate Dog. He's a former Marine. And he's also, I believe, on a record label full of legit gangsters, still the realest dude out there. Because I watched a Welcome to Death Row documentary in, back really? in college in like 2000, right? Yeah. And they do all the interviews with everybody who's hanging out. And you can tell, like, who just can't wait to talk. And, you know, who's really who really likes telling this story because it's the only time they get a camera in their face. <laughs> Man, they, they're telling wild stories, right? You know, Bloods and Crips all in the studio, all that. And they go to Nate Dogg, who hadn't, they hadn't interviewed him at all. They go, they cut to him and ask him about it. He just, all he said, guys, was, yeah, man, it was crazy over there. I had to take my strap to the studio every time I went to, to <laughs> sing a hook. That was all we got out of Nate Dogg in two hours <laughs> about the murder of Biggie and Pac. Wow. Hey. That's it. It's real in these streets. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> So, hey, so you know what? We <clears throat> are not as of yet joined by the illustrious Haven Harrington here in studio, but uh, I expect that he will be along uh, in, 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 a, in a bit, in a bit. But we are going to get wrong. We have so much to get in today. Not only um, is this uh, pre-Super Bowl Eve uh, going down this Saturday morning, but of course, the University of Louisville basketball team continues to just be ridiculous in all types of you know ways and situations. So we have a ton to get into with that. We also had the uh, NBA uh, trade deadline come and go, so uh, we all get to point and laugh at the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into that now. With number two, uh, Super Bowl breakdown as well as uh, NBA trade trade deadline talk and uh, what's next for uh, all of those things going on into pros we're going to get into that in hour number two but hour number one of course we're going to keep it all the way local if you want to be involved of course 502-384-1450 is the call in line as well you can give us a text on the thornton's text line 502-414-1450 the best ways to get involved with the show um so we we'd left we'd love uh, to hear your thoughts um I'm actually already getting a text into uh, my Twitter this morning. Um, that is at R A A. Uh, I almost added an extra at R A A S H A A N at Rashawn. Um, you can check us out there. Of course, you can reach out to Joe as at at that boy's good um, as well as Haven Harrington at M E sports. Um, so those are the ways to get uh, get with this on the Twitter verse as well as of course, um, all of our social media aspects of the things that we do. Uh, Rashawn Myers on Facebook. Um, if you uh, want to reach out there, um, but yeah, Joe to get into it, of course uh, <laughs> we had the return of the 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 legend that the he is <laughs> the return of the captain he's the captain again not the captain now he's the oh, captain, captain again oh. oh captain our captain yes malik williams made his return to the uh to the court um on wednesday uh after his two game suspension um 
That was interesting. Uh, it, it was funny because I did not get to see the, the game live, Joe. Um, and it was one of those things where my, my son, of course, uh, Cameron, he's a, a sophomore at Holy Cross. Um, so he's playing JV basketball this year. So it was one of those things where I had to make the choice between my baby and, and the cards. And I'm always going to choose my baby first. So I was uh, went out there. Uh, Shame on you. Yeah, you I know. Plant. I know. <laughs> so I had to go out there. I was supporting the boy at the game. So uh, I was I was. Yeah, at her, at her, at her screaming for Kenny Payne and, and not even watching the cards. Family, who are you? It, it, it was te- it's terrible, you know what I mean. So I, I'm out there and I'm I'm keeping up with the game and I'm watching uh, uh, on my ESPN app, trying to get all the updates on the game. Um, and, and you know, by the time the game is finally over, um, uh, you know, we were out at Easter and they had a double header. Of course, they had to have two games instead of just one. Uh, so by the time we get out of there, it's like well into the second half, and, and I'm driving home, listening to Paul Rogers, and uh, you know. Of course, he does as great a job as anybody is describing what's going on. And, of course, Louisville goes on a bit of a run to get back in the game. Uh, I believe by the time I actually got to the house, uh, they had just thrown the alley-oop to Dre Davis to take the lead. Um, but, of course, we know what happened down the stretch. Uh, Louisville shot a bunch of terrible threes and lost the game. <laughs> but um, I asked folks on Twitter, and this is where I'm going to call my Twitter people out because y'all lied to me. Like, y'all straight lied to me, and, and I'm going to tell you how you lied to me. Um, so I, I said, you know, what happened in the game? I really didn't see anything from Rose, uh, not from Rose, well, from uh, Sid Curry. I, you know, what What happened to Sid? Where was he at? Like, I, I didn't understand because I never heard his name the whole time I was driving home. Uh, you know, and I was driving home most of the second half. Um, and I was just like, I, I don't understand. Like, I didn't hear Sid. I didn't know if he was heard. I didn't know. And so I got all these text messages, Joe, from people saying, oh, Oh, Sid just didn't have it tonight. Oh, man, Sid was just moving <laughs> slow. Oh, Sid just couldn't do anything. So finally, Joe, you know, I figured being a good radio host that I am, I'm not going to come in here on the studio and start railing and ranting. Like, I know certain people in this city on the radio that won't watch games and then come in here and give their opinion on games. And you know what? Hey, man, I, let, let me just say real quick. Yes, sir. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but absolutely. I just want to say this. Yes. That drives me absolutely insane. And you can say whatever you want about me. You can say whatever you want about my contribution to, to Wake Up 502. But one thing I can promise the people listening right now, God damn it, I have watched this team just to do this show this year. I wanted <laughs> to tap out. Remember yes. that I'm the guy before New Year's Eve that said this team ain't going nowhere in March. Remember that. Oh, that yeah. would be the one thing that I that I because people were like, "Whoa, whoa, look, man! I watch it every week because that's the responsibility if you want to do radio." Absolutely. I don't know. I don't know anybody who does it specifically, so I'm not going to call anybody out by name. I'm not going to call anybody out by name, but I, I, I'll just say but, this: but that's bush league. <laughs> that's bush league. If if you have the opportunity that somebody will literally pay you pennies for your thoughts to have the same conversation you'd have over a beer at a bar, and you you can't, you know block out two hours to watch this game man get stop wasting hey I, I, i'm gonna tell y'all if, if y'all want the rosetta stone of how to translate if somebody has not watched the game and then they're coming out talking about it just listen to anybody who all they do is spat out stats from the game and don't yep. talk about any yep. specific plays <laughs> like yep. that, that's, that's the easiest way to know when when it's guys who who can tell you exactly how like what they shot from the free throw line, yeah, <laughs> had a good game three or four from the line, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we needed to get him to the line more, though, I felt like. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just a, a little inside baseball to uh, how you can tell if, if somebody uh, is not <laughs> – <laughs> has not watched the game, but yet are still steadily talking about. But you know, we always talk about uh, you know the, being the smartest fan base, and y'all know when somebody ain't watched the game and is sitting there talking about it. That's one of the things I I at least give Drew Dina credit because Drew hates the NBA. So once it gets into kind of the NBA fi- final run and playoffs, he will just blatantly say, "I yeah, I don't watch NBA, so I'm not going to act like I know anything about it." So <laughs> I at least give Good him credit, on him, man. Absolutely, for keeping it real, you know what I'm saying? Because some people just like to perpetrate a fraud. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they do that CB4 thing, you know what I'm saying? Gusto, MC Gusto. <laughs> There's a lot of MC Gustos out there, but you know what I'm saying? But I, I digress. And, of course, we are now joined in studio by the, 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 the yellow jacket man uh, wearing himself, Mr. Haven Harrington, with, with his uh, yellow puffy jacket on, which I always am entertained every time he has it on. Haven, how you doing this morning, sir? Man, what's going on? <laughs> I always got to talk about you. I'm sorry. That's fine. The yellow puffy jacket's always a welcome sight, sir. It is. It's Christmas cold outside. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 it was a little bit. It's a little bit nicer getting in here this week than it was the last. I don't know two weeks that we've come in here. But uh, you made it here safe and sound. So you know that that's the most important thing to me. Me and Joe uh, just kind of started talking about people, of course, as soon as we got in here. Uh, so that that was <laughs> that was where we went. We haven't really gotten into the meat and potatoes uh, of it, but we are glad to have you. Uh, here safe and sound sir um but uh, just to finish my point on uh, everybody lying to me twitter lying to me okay twitter i asked people about the game they said that sydney sucked and he was terrible and couldn't move and that's why he didn't play so i went back and i finally watched the replay on friday night um and i saw sydney curry come in the game first possession of the game okay gets the ball in the mid post where he likes to work um, off the wing, throws an excellent pass to a cutting Jalen Withers. Jalen gets the first layup of the game. So assist, nice play by, by Sid. I'm like, okay. Uh, come back down, Sidney gets the ball, second possession, mid post. Makes a nice move, picked up his dribble a little too early and got stuck underneath the backboard and ended up hitting the underneath side of the backboard, out of bounds. Uh, Notre Dame got the ball back. Okay, it was a nice move. He rushed it. He missed the shot. Okay, come back down on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Atkinson, the big man for Notre, Notre Dame, nice player. Um, been playing his best basketball of late. A guy who um, you know could definitely end up an All ACC con- uh, contributor um, member uh, at, at the end of the year. Uh, gets the ball, uh, and the way that Louisville sets up their defense, they like their big man to play a half hedge where they don't play right behind the big man. Usually they play play uh, three quarters, so they're kind of reaching around from the outside. So they throw a bounce pass into Atkinson. Sydney uh, gets stuck in a bad spot, tries to go for the steal, ends up giving a layup up to Atkinson on that play. Immediately gets taken out of the game. Three and a half, maybe not even three minutes into the game. Gets taken out. Uh, you know, uh, C- Coach Pegues is going crazy. Oh, Sid, Sid, what are you doing? After two excellent plays to start the game, Sydney Curry immediately gets pulled out of the game. Hmm, that was kind of a quick hook. Interesting. We don't see Sydney Curry the rest of the game. Or excuse me, the rest of the half. He got subbed out with about 17 and a half minutes. And we did not see him the rest of the first half. Come out the second half. A minute into the game, Sidney Curry had not touched the ball at all as of yet. They get the, they get the ball out of bounds. Atkinson catches the ball on the run, gets a layup over top of Sidney. 
Mike Pegues goes crazy. One and a half minutes into the second half, Sidney Curry is taken out of the game again. Did not see the court again. Done for the day. That right there is a microcosm yeah. of literally the whole season. Joe, the, what, the, what, 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 what are we doing, Joe? So here's what where I'm just very befuddled by all this, and I, I've just I've resigned to this fact. This is going to be a slow burn about the demise of, of Chris Mack and, and whatever role players had in that. I don't, you know, I mean, obviously we've had the suspension of Malik, so there was something up with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we're going to find out more and more as, uh, during the offseason of just how bad this locker room really was. The geese sounded fed up last weekend when he said, you know, I'm the coach. I've got to find five guys that'll, that can, that can play defense. And if there's only five guys, then they'll just run until their, their tongues are hanging out. Yeah. And he said, and, and the really difficult thing is that we don't know game in and game out, night in and night out, who's going to be that guy. And Guys, at this point, I don't ha- I don't know what to say about that. That's now two coaches that have that have thrown their hands up and said, "I don't know what to do with these guys." Now, I don't know if that means that those two coaches are burnt out. They're on the same tree, so they're trying to crack the egg the same way. I don't know what's going on, man. But for whatever reason, two you can argue about how competent, but two people competent enough to get the, the jobs at Louisville. Yeah, are saying there's nothing that can be done to motivate this group. They are just not a good group collectively. Joe, I feel like me I, and you, as a head coach and assistant coach, could do a better job than what is happening over on Floyd Street right now. And, and I don't say that to be know, arrogant, I mean, like I know everything, but I feel like I can, with my eyeballs, see and know who, which guys have been the most effective. Haven don't even like basketball, and Haven can tell you. Like, <laughs> literally, these are the guys that I know can do well, and these are the guys that, you know, show up. Like, yeah, it's it's not that it's hard. really frustrating. And, and it's just funny, Joe, because it was interesting, especially in the first half, because people said, you know what, Louisville just didn't play well in the first half, and, and they got down by, you know, 12, 14 points in the first half. Well, hell, the reason why, you want to know why? They took the whole half shooting horrible three-point shots, fadeaway threes, you know, no pass, jack up the shot as soon as you get over the court threes. You know why? Because the only low post player you had you took out of the game because you got mad because he gave up a layup. When I don't know, everybody was giving up layups in that first half. But for whatever reason, you got it in your mind. I don't know if it was a situation where they just came into the game thinking that Sid was going to have a tr- you know trouble guarding uh, Atkinson, or or if there was something on the film in the first matchup that made them hesitant, but it was definitely one of those things where I feel like, and this is one of the things, Coach Begeese, I know you're listening this morning because you love Wake Up 502. You love all the insight that you get uh, from this spectacular radio program, so I'm going to give you a bit of advice. Okay? Don't react. You came into that game thinking this is a bad game for Sid, so we're just not going to play him. And this is the pro- this has been this situ- this has been this team's problem all year is that all we've done is worried about what other people are doing instead of saying you know what Sydney's a monster Notre Dame's got a bunch of unathletic not really that tall guys this is a matchup where Sid can dominate when he gets the ball on the block instead of us seeing that and saying let's make them adjust to what we're doing all we're worried about is oh my god we may give up a three we may give up a layup and then you still end up doing it anyway so what's the point? How about, I mean, how about we put our best players out there and then make them make an adjustment? Just once. That's all I want. For, 
for me, the only the only thing that can be salvaged at this stage of the season, I mean, the only thing that that I look forward to about next year, yes, sir. Beyond, okay, who's our new coach going to be? You know, I mean, let's be real. That is exciting. We've got to do it a whopping three times in our li- in, in our lives. Um, I, I hope that we don't do it again. It's it's not that exciting, but but it is. You know, it's interesting. So you try to make lemonade, I guess. But at this point, the only thing you can salvage is I want whoever comes in there to convince Sid Curry and L. Ellis that they need to come back next year. Yeah, I mean, those I, two need to be the two guys that we build the roster around for next year. And, and you know what? And the, the, when I see Sid, another guy, when I who who, who made who that, made an appearance, JJ Trainer. Hey, yeah, I just well, oh, we're gonna but, uh, <laughs> we're gonna get into that after look, the break man. though. <laughs> Yeah, like with him, I, I I don't even bother commenting on him because he is he has been drugged so hard for unfair unnecessary reasons. That, that kid's poor high school coach is on Twitter fighting with people. Like, un, uh, like I I, I am. We're, we're gonna get into that because we we actually got, uh, my man Gil F on Twitter said, you know what, are you gonna talk about the JJ Trainer stuff? And yeah, Gil, I'm gonna get into that right after we get out. But we are gonna go ahead. We're gonna take this first break. You are listening. To- Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow, people. Get the wings. Get get all the, 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 the grub you can. It's going down. You are listening to Wake Up 502, and we'll be right back. Your man, what's your plan? Is it the rock to try state? Almost gold, five G's a show date. Or do you want to see about seven digits? Hold the quiz Cali, great place to visit. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Somebody need to do a song for L.A. Straight up, just for Let's Cali. go out to L.A. Huh, New man. anthem, California Love Boy 2. What's up? To live in time, L.A. West side, West side. To live and die in LA, where everybody try to fatten their pocket. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now, a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Trying to floss on him, blind to a broken man's dream. A hard lesson, court cases keep him guessing. Lead bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the pen. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down, sunset, like in the sin. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say. Welcome back, welcome back. Hey, you know, I went with Biggie in the first segment, so we had to go with give Pac a little love in the second the second spot out to live and die in L.A. It's going down. I know Joe Kelly was over there going in. I can always tell when people are, oh. even when, when I have my stuff on mute, I can tell who's like rocking to the beat and who's saying something while the, the song is playing. Joe's uh, microphone was all lit up. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's over there getting it in. <laughs> hey, man, tossing these crooked fingers up from the suburbs like every good white kid when Pop comes on. 
I love it. I love it. Oh, man. Welcome back in. We are talking about it. Well, we will be talking about what's going down in L.A. Super Bowl Sunday. I want to hear Haven Harrington start. Haven, we're going to give you, you know, we, we all, we've been giving the NFL not nearly enough time. We give you always like that last five to ten minutes in the at the end of the show to talk about it. But <laughs> we are going to actually open the second hour man. and give you – Plenty of time and Man. space. So, you know, you know it's the last football game of the season, so I figure I can do that. You know what? You. I, I just want to say a, a big shout-out to a friend of the Wake Up 502 show. Yes. Snoop Dogg himself just bought Death Row Records. Yes, congratulations. It's going down. I was hey, like, wow. Did y'all Have y'all had a chance to peep his new album? I have not. That just dropped. It just came out yesterday. Oh, okay. I, I listen, to, listen to the song Curb. You are going to cry hysterically when you hear what he sampled. Oh gosh! Oh wow! Now, now you, you know what? It's my not that big, it, you know what? It's not that big of a spoiler. So I'll just tell you: our man Snoop Dogg came out rapping over the Curb Your Enthusiasm beat. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, and it is is downright as silly as you think it is. I love it, man. Snoop is the American dream. Now he's out here rapping about cryptocurrency. You know, hey. Hey, there you go. Hey, that man's living living the dream. You know what I mean? Like I, I like I'll always say with Snoop, I never thought that Snoop would get into like the mainstream like the, like he has. Really? Like, no, oh, no. Yeah. Re- oh, when yeah. he I was a, a young paper. cat, no. I wrote a paper in uh, college. It's a long paper. The uh, who who embodies the American dream? And I said it was Snoop Dogg. Absolutely. My and I said at that point in time, this was you know early two thousands. I said, but in my lifetime, he's been a fixture of pop culture to somebody my age. He's always been around. Mm-hmm. As long as there's been MTV, there's been Snoop riding on on the front of the hoopty getting his hair braided. Um, you know, and a guy that goes from being nineteen years old on on a murder charge to being on the Muppets and having a cooking <laughs> show with Martha Stewart. Y'all, he, he had every white grandma saying for shizzle at one point. I never thought. You know what? But it, it makes perfect sense. Like, when, when I always thought, because, you know, everybody remember CB4, and you remember how they were treating them guys. Like, I always, like, rap was always, especially gangster rap, you know, was always seen <laughs> as just this taboo thing that would never be accepted by, you know, certain sects of society. And instead... <laughs> Literally, Snoop has infiltrated every level. I mean, but honestly, it makes well, perfect of sense. Americana. But it ma- makes perfect sense because all the producers, all the guys right now in charge of talent and who's going to be on what TV show and whatnot, they're all in our age group. That's like, true. Like, like, that's like, true. Like, like they all right. grew up listening to right. hip hop. Yeah, and, and that's why like we grew up on Uncle Snoop. Yeah, and, and, and so that that's that's what they plug in. It's, it's like all those kids where their fathers were like, "You're not listening to this. You're not. Why throw that tape away?" <laughs> the chronic <laughs> no well, here's the thing here's the thing i'll tell you i can explain snoop dogg and how gangster rap became popular very quickly yes they are the modern day version of outlaw country and outlaw country was pioneered by johnny cash willie nelson yeah. waylon jennings dudes that people that don't even listen to country music know the name you might not be able to name a song by those guys but you know everybody i just named yeah gangster rap was the modern version of that and people could try to fight it, and and the thing that made that I think made gangster rap not to get into non sports rant here. Oh, you're y'all know talking hip hop. That's what we do. All day. Hey, keep going. Here's what here's <laughs> here's what here here's what was able to vault gangster rap beyond the appeal mainstream that that uh, outlaw country provided. 
you also had the race, the racial dynamic of white kids in the suburb listening to stuff that terrified their parents for different reasons than <laughs> outlaw country terrified them. They were okay with little Johnny getting drunk at the bar and shooting somebody over a lady, you know, if they were listening to Merle. It was the driving down the block. With, you know what I'm saying? Like there were, there were at, so it, it yeah. made it added dimensions. And I'm telling you this as a, as a, as a white suburban kid who grew up on hip-hop. My parents were terrified of, of a handful of groups. My parents were hippies. But, the, man, Public Enemy and Rage Against the Machine freaking scared were like, in a good way, but they were like, whoa. Those guys, they're, they're pretty angry, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, you, you are b- forbidden from the, you know, kids always, anything that your parents can't stand that they tell you that you can't do, what's the first thing you're going to do? I'm, I'm listening. Oh, what? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't have kids, man, but I know the worst thing you can do is tell them they can't do that. Hey, let me tell you something. The first rap album that had cursing on it, that I ever bought because my grandmother was staunchly against any of that stuff. Like, you know, you're not listening to that, 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 that terrible foul. But when the chronic came out, when I heard that track, you know, first several tracks, the first time when I heard Dre come out there, I was like, Oh, I have to have it. And, and I actually talked to one of my friend's moms into buying it for me at the store. I was like, yeah, yeah. My people let me listen to this. Can you just get it for me? <laughs> and I, I bought the tape back home and I literally hid it in a bookcase and I would sneak and go grab it out the bookcase yep. and listen to it on my, my Walkman every once in a while and then hide it again <laughs> I, I will I will always give thanks to uh, Dr. Drew I hope my daddy ain't listening G-Funk. this morning because <laughs> I don't the, think I ever told him that <laughs> the G-Funk movement is definitely my favorite era of hip hop you know like one sound and I'll never forget the day my dad heard me bumping the chronic out in the out in the garage, and he came in and he was excited, like he sprinted in, and he's standing there and he's like, "What? You're listening to Parliament, but it's not Parliament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why aren't you listening to Parliament, boy?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. This this kind of bangs." When but I- he would listen to hip hop albums with me, and my dad and I would have a fun back and forth where he would say, "Play a track." And then he would see if he could if he could figure name out where yeah if he could name the sample. I love it. I love. It. Hey, when I heard "Let Me Ride" the first Pops time, the OG that, that, that was like fire to the cavemen. I mean, I'm like so much older than yeah. you guys. It just feels weird. Like listen to you talk about. Oh my god, I remember like the first time I heard the Chronic, and it was like because I remember like the first time I heard like hip hop in general, like in the right. mid '80s, right? You know, mm-hmm. like. Because I used to live in uh, Wilmington, Delaware, so we could get, like, some of the radio signals from, like, New York occasionally on a cold winter night. <laughs> so you can hear, like, DJ Red Alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, dropping some early Karis 1, the Treacherous 3. I'm going, like, way back. You're an old man. That's I fine. am an old man, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, that's like, okay. Like, like I, I remember elementary school, like, we used to get into arguments, like, who was going to last longer, like, heavy metal or rap? And I was like... The yeah. ongoing year-long like battles, like I don't know, heavy metal school, it's gonna last forever. Guns and Roses, <laughs> ACDC, Poison, Metallica, Arena Rock for Life. Yeah, it's gonna last forever, man. I say, like, no, you know what? I'll take the Beastie Boys and uh, LL Cool J for two hundred. That's okay. We love well, our geriatrics. For, for me, you know, the, the, the way that you that you have to break down an argument like that is is one a genre and the other is a subgenre because hip hop is a genre. Metal is a subgenre of, of hard rock. You know what I mean? So, like, I can see how, in hindsight, now I can see how metal kind of fizzled out. Um, uh, for, I, sec- I love for starters, metal. at some point, you're. Hey, man, 
I like I, I appreciate metal for what it is. I couldn't tell you the last time I was like, Yeah, let's listen to some angry screaming. I'm just <laughs> I'm good on all that. If I'm gonna listen to any angry screaming, there's gonna be a man barking like a dog too, and I'm gonna be lifted weights. That's oh. that's the only excuse for that at my stage in life. Oh my I I was all about it, man. In high school I used to promote like little concerts with groups like King Horse and Crane, getting in moss pits. Wow, that, <laughs> yeah. is, that, that is something that I would pay to have video of. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but, but I digress. Let me go ahead and before we – it's almost time for us to take another break. But we, before we get into that, I, I'm, I want to, to talk about this J.J. Trainer thing. Who? J.J. Trainer, right, exactly. He's still on the team? So, although, although J.J. was like, The, the man protection. on the milk box? Re, re, rewind yeah, to last – not this past Friday, but the, the Friday prior, okay, Um we heard Mike Pegues talk after um, whatever game, whatever loss that that, that happened that week, because <laughs> you know we've had several of them in a row now. Um, but after that I game, I can't keep up with them. I'm telling you, just losses. You know, it doesn't matter. We just we know they lost to somebody. It was either Duke or North Carolina. It, it may, maybe after North Carolina. Um, <clears throat> but Mike Pegues came out uh, and uh, made mention that you know. Somebody asked about JJ Trainer, and, and he brought up, you know, uh, JJ. Uh, we, we're set up to have a meeting with his parents to get off some things. So, first of all, the fact that you put out in the media that JJ's uh, family is upset and they want to talk to you—that's that's faux pas number one. Okay, so <laughs> like, I, 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 hey, buddy, I know you're learning on the fly, but uh, uh mistake mm. number one. Yeah, that that that, that was that, that was faux pas number one. So that 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 happened where he comes out talking about it. Um, actually, it was after last Saturday's game. Um, so he comes out and says, you know what, um, that they want to talk to me. So, of course, uh, fast forward, uh, he, he talks about J.J. in the press conference this week prior to the Notre Dame game and says, yeah, you know, we had a good talk and J.J.'s a good kid and I just want to put out there that he's never been a problem and he's never done this and I think he has a bright future. But, you know, he had like this leg injury, right, His this hamstring that, that kept him out of uh, playing. And we just started hearing this whole excuse train about all these excuses why J.J. Trainer hasn't played and how other guys got in front of him and that they, he could never beat them out even though literally – Everybody has been playing trash all year at every position <laughs> at some point. You know, it's, it's like, what does it matter at this point? Like, who plays? I mean, literally, like, who cares? You would think that if you had any options to turn to, there have been times where you could literally grab anybody. Like, even if they wanted to put one of the walk-ons in just to see if something happened. Like, you could – Literally say, you know what? Nobody else is playing well. Why don't you go out there and give it a try? But you know, you know Jimmy, what? I will let you play as long as you promise me not to shoot a three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so literally, literally don't shoot a three. <laughs> you get as much playing time as you want. I don't care who you are, Gabe. Look, you have no athleticism at all. Don't shoot a three. You can start. So, so we heard all these excuses about JJ and why he wasn't playing, and the fact that you know he was hurt apparently at some point, <laughs> at some at some time. And we have no like my my guess is JJ may have like pulled something on June fifth <laughs> and say you know what he just he had this hamstring thing and it just kept him behind. So he, everybody got in front of him, just everybody was just better than him. So you know, but then we heard, of course, in the preseason, JJ's getting pushed around. We heard that you know he's he's not doing enough on the rebounding. But of course, we 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 talked about it. Even we talked about the fact that we've seen Malik Williams get manhandled time and time again. We saw Jalen Withers with the same thing. We saw Rose make mistakes. We've seen everybody make mistakes. Everybody, nobody has had a great season. Okay, so like all those excuses and the fact that he decided to go with the excuse train um, really annoyed me. So then, of course, you think he comes out and says all this stuff. 
Now, surely, after uh, and I, you know, a conversation with parents, you're not going to play this man the literal next time that the team plays because you're just not going to do that because that makes you look bad. Because this man has not played all year, and then you put out in the – I don't know why you put out in the world. You could have had that meeting in secret and then just said, you know what, J.J.'s been working hard. I decided to play him. But when you put him out there and make it look like his parents made you play him and you played uh-huh. him. And he played pretty well. And he played pretty yeah. well. Makes you look yeah. foolish. It makes you look incompetent, and it makes you look soft. And you look, yeah. unfortunately, Mike – you look like all three, because it's Man, like why in the hell has he been? Hasn't he been playing? And B, why in the hell did it take somebody else punking you out when you're supposed to be the head coach? I know that you weren't supposed to be the head coach, but right now, brother, you are on display. For everybody to see what you are as a man. So what you've just shown as a head coach is you can have somebody's parents go in and cry and whine to you, and you're going to put them in the game. Like, I'm sorry. A- am I wrong? No, nah, it's really wild how, how much can ch- things can change in just a week. Because a week ago, you know, we were all, hey, man, Fagish showed heart. I really like that coach. No, it's not, it's not feasible for him to get the, the job at Louisville. It's probably not feasible for him to stay on staff. It's the best thing for everybody to get a clean break, blah, blah, blah. And then this week, it's like, man, you really did a 180 on me as far as, like, what was that? And, and all, I can, all I can say is because this is now the second person in the Louisville polo that has to sit in front of a microphone after a, a frustrating loss and, and answer this team that has no answers. They don't really sound like a coach at times. They sound like frustrated management. Oh, they do. And, you know, it's, it's – Right now, Louisville's basketball is to the point that the only reason you watch the games is to see if there's an upset. And by upset, I mean they actually pull off a victory because that would be an upset at this point. Yeah. Like, if they beat anybody, it would be a miracle. Oh. And that's the only reason to watch the game to see them. Watch them get close. Because, you know what, you can put the whole season on repeat. They get close. They stop shooting threes. They get some energy. They pound the ball in the paint. They come back. They either tie the game or they go up by, by a score or two. Then they start jacking up threes and they lose the game. That's bad coaching. Like, like, like rinse and repeat. That's, that's, that's bad coaching because you're not learning. You're, you're not learning what works and what doesn't work. So it's almost like Groundhog's Day where every day is the same day all over again and we're just repeating the same cycles. It's it like, is. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Hey, we got a phone call in to, to 502-384-1450. The, used to be the buzz line. I'm just going to call it the buzz line until we figure out. The 502 hotline. How about that? The Wake Up 502 hotline. We got a caller in we got the man the myth the legend himself mr jay has checking in jay what's going on this morning brother what I know. i'm doing fine sir i'm doing fine i i, I got a comment man I, I, it, it's tearing my heart up yes sir it's it's time for that that intern coach and his staff to get up through there <laughs> <laughs> because the, he, he's too soft and he's soft as, as, as metal milk cookies <laughs> But, but, my, but my problem is, is man, because when you're in a position like Louisville or anybody else, Kentucky, whatever prestigious other programs across this country in college basketball, yes, you sir. have to put on persona. You have to put on this type of persona. Yeah, he's tough. He mm. he's a, he's a go getter. Man, you nothing. You washed up. Get up. Listen. Damn. Get your bags. Call the Greyhound or call you a Delta plane. Get up through here. <laughs> 
I know. Hey, to, I, J- Jay, I appreciate the call. I appreciate your thoughts. And, and, and you know what? I, I feel like Jay um, is kind of a microcosm of everybody right now. And I totally agree with that. And just to let y'all know, Jay has is one of the most accomplished radio voices in the history of the city of Louisville. Y'all know he's got the key to the city, right? So when we got a dude that literally has a key to the city two. calling in, he's got two keys. Front door and back door. Front door and back door. You know what I'm saying? When you have somebody like that <laughs> calling on these airways, we always had to give him uh, some some props and credit, you know, at, at the greatness that is uh, WLOU and all the great years of service he has. So appreciate Jay Hatch checking in this morning. He's working this morning to take time out to call. So, you know, appreciate that always. Uh, but, no, Jay's right, and I feel like every – because, you know, for a while there we heard that, you know what, maybe Mike Pagese can be the coach. Maybe we should just give Pagese the job. Feel yeah, like you know, nobody's saying that anymore. I was like, just an interview. I mean, I I was going that far. I said, get the brother interview just because. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's like, yeah, nah, never mind. <laughs> uh, text her into the uh, Thornton's text line, 414-1450 text. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm not on the JJ trainer has to go train. He said, reminds me a lot of uh, Terrence Farley. Um, and, and you know what? There are some comparisons there for a guy who was more of a development guy. But the thing about JJ is JJ had a good freshman season. Like, let's not forget the say, second man. game of the year against Seton Hall. He had two of the biggest free throws and one of the biggest defensive rebounds to lock that game up. So it's not like a dude that's not shown that he can play. Had a great freshman season. Oh, he can play. It's just that he just can't play for these guys. It's so crazy. Like, it makes me feel like I'm I'm going insane. Man, look, Louisville, Louisville men's basketball is what it is. It's a train wreck. It's yes. a cluster. Yes. The train is already off the rails. It yes. has gone into the ditch. It's on fire. It it exploded. And now we're just waiting to see who survives. I just want them to get a win. Like, is that too much to ask? Yes, I just it, want them to get a win. Much. A win! No, you can't. You can't. Okay? Something to make these no. dudes feel good. No, they will not win another game this season. <laughs> and I, I don't know who. They, it doesn't matter who they play. Oh, Bellerman, is... They will not win a game this season. But they're going to be close in nah. every game. They'll be close. And find a way to screw it up. Yes. But you know how they're going to screw it up. They're going to get close. They're going to get excited. Oh, and, 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 they're no, going to take the lead. Let me tell you this. And they're going to jack up three Dre Davis. and lose the game. Dre Davis, if you shoot one more damn three, stop shooting threes. You can tell the whole team that. Yeah, but I mean. Like everybody on the team. You're shooting threes. 25% from three. Look, McMains, I understand that you came over here and you want to be this hot, flashy, we got this new offense that's going to make us look like a European superpower offense. You ain't got the dudes for it. Quit telling these boys to shoot threes. Get a touch in the paint every time. No. If you want to win, just do that, my, and you'll win a game. My question is, though, is oh the coach is doing it, or are they just jacking up threes in no, the but I, You know what? If you do that, sit your ass on the end of the bench. But you can't pull them all. Hey, yes, the hell you can until you stop shooting threes. Sit down. They're not everybody. telling them that. They're, yes. Tell them left to play. Then sit them down, Haven. Sit them all there. Yes, I will have all walk-ons in there, and I'll have Gabe. And I'll put all my delegations in there together. And we will sit down here and we will play pick and fence. I don't care. And then, hey, you know what, Rashawn, you do that. And I'm just going to let you handle all the callers and all the texts for the entire (laughs) offseason. At the beginning of the season, we get the basketball version of, I don't know about this Lamar kid. I think we're better with Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Dog whistle, dog whistle, hint, hint. Yeah, let's put all the walk-ons out there so they can go Hoosiers it up and, and we can have that in the offseason. You know what, man? I'm all for chaos at this point. Why not? 
I mean, just because that's this is it. the thing. If, that's, if, that's if they're truly left. out there and they're not doing what they've been told, sit your tail down until you figure it out. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I heard the clip of, of Bobby Knight saying, you know what I'm saying? Ass meets bench, bench retains ass until you figure it out. You know what? Maybe, honestly. Oh, my goodness. I, honestly, at this point of season, Maybe Louisville should just pull a women's Virginia basketball team move. And, and just, just don't come. And just not show oh, up. I cannot believe they did that. Good shout out, man. And, and just not show up. just didn't show up. Just, just don't show up. Just like, eh, we're good. Come take your ass whooping like a woman. Please. We good. You know what? We good. You just didn't come. For I'm, real? I'm going to keep the sweater vest on this chill. We good. Hey, when we get back on Wake Up 502, it's going to be a super short segment. We're almost to the top of the hour. We're going to come back. Uh, just chat for just a couple of minutes on something that has to do with something about, the, I guess, this basketball team. But then that, this hour number two, we're going to get into all our Super Bowl and trade deadline talk. Uh, but you are listening to Wake Up 502. Just what a depressing goodness gracious. We continue to send your text in 414-1450. We got them rolling in hot and heavy. Maybe we'll read text when we get back. That's what we'll do. But you know what? We're living and dying, not in L.A., but in the Derby City. This is Wake Up 502. Rashawn, Haven, Joe, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, welcome back a little Ice Cube. Today was a good day here in the 502. It's happening, Big X Sports Radio. We got a short segment like I talked about earlier. We got a real short segment for the top of the hour because we just kept rambling on and on. But we're going to hop right back on the uh, Thorns text line, 414-1450. If you want to get involved, please hit us up there. Uh, texter says... Um, he says Louisville should just take and uh, a self-impose a ban for the NCAA tournament since we're not going anyway. Like I, it, I, I feel like didn't Auburn do that or that I, it was either Auburn. It was some one of these schools or maybe Oklahoma State. It was somebody who had was having like a horrible season. I know Georgia Tech did that um, as well, where they basically just said that you know what we're going to just take our postseason ban this year, even though like they <laughs> they had a horrid horrid record, like. Haven, what do you think about that? Just like self-imposing, just saying, you know what? We're not going to the term. Oh, sorry. I, I guess you you would want to actually speak into the microphone. Go ahead. Why not? I mean, like, what you got to lose at this point? Literally. Matter of fact, you could take the rest of the season off. You already have. Nah. I mean, it's fair. 
I mean, it, it, it's fair. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it couldn't hurt anything. It's not like it would, you know, we just want to say, you know what? We're going to take a ban, you all. <laughs> nah, so we're going to ban ourselves from the, from the ACC tournament. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay, there we go. It's like, all right. Uh, Texter also says, he says, not to get into politics, but he said, I'm also glad uh, that we're not pursuing Bruce Pearl and his MAGA point of views, <laughs> voting rights. <laughs> you know, man, I was... When everybody was talking about Bruce Pearl and, and you specifically were arguing about it, Rashawn, I was—I just sat back and was like, mm, no, no, <laughs> no, no. I've been very outspoken about my issues with uh, with the football coach during during civil unrest in the city. I can't backtrack that to be like, yeah, let's bring in the dude with NCAA violations who also has questionable ethics. Like, it's nah, fair. That is nah. a fa- that is a fair point. That is that that is absolutely fair. <laughs> I call I call that inbounds. Haven, what you think? Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. But you know what? That's okay because this is your University of Louisville basketball team. And let me tell you, the best thing going on right now is a coaching search. <laughs> yeah. Even though I hear there's a lot of uh, nervous people on Floyd Street about the about the hire of the search agency. And, and, and what that could mean. It, it, it is very. It is going to be very interesting to watch this. And, and anybody who's wondering if this Kenny Payne thing, because of course everybody thinks Kenny Payne is going to be the dude. It, it, if even if you all think that it's going to happen, anybody who's saying that Kenny Payne's going to be hired like this week, next week, in the next couple of days, he's already got a con. I've heard people say he's already got a contract signed. I've heard people say he's already out recruiting. None of that's true. No. And he does not have a, a contract signed. He's not done anything. And it's going to be. At least until close to this time next month before a coach is announced. Yeah, I just know that so, some, some people are nervous now that there's a search firm that's been announced. Even I'm sure the search firm has already been on the, on the job for like a month and a half now. But, you know, longer people, than that. If not long, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm sure people worry because, you know, Kenny, we're not having any coaching, head coaching experience. You know, the search firm is probably going to go and look at active head coaches now. And, you know, like, what that could mean for Kenny Payne's, um, you know, how does he fit on the list of potential coaches for University of Louisville? I know he has a lot of supporters, a lot of boosters, former players, you know, would love Kenny Payne to, to, to get the gig. But now he got the search firm firmly announced. A lot of folks just worry. And I get it. If I was, if I was on a Payne train, I'd be a little worried, too. Yeah, the Payne train. I love it. As long as it's not Mick Cronin. That's all, that's all I ask. That's that's all I ask. As long as I make Cronin, please not him. Please, I need the main event sports crew. We got to figure out how we can pivot into becoming a search firm. Absolutely, I need to get that. Yes, I either want to be a bowl representative or be part of a search firm. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like the consultant gig is like the greatest gig in the world. Like you get to give suggestions and never have to actually be on hook for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, like literally. Hey, fellas, it was a great first hour. We're going to go ahead and hit this top of the hour break. When we come back, we're going to continue to read your text, 414-1450. If you want to get involved, give us a call, 384-1450 here um, on the Wake Up 502 buzz line as well. This is Rashawn Haven. Joe, we'll be right back. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little Super Bowl, y'all. Hey, we'll be back. Wake Up 502.
Welcome back, welcome back. Hour number two is going down. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrison, Joe Kelly taking care of you for another hour, all the way up until 11 o'clock, a little bit of Hotel California from the Eagles. Boo hiss. Boo hiss. What? Dude, yeah. Boo hiss. Man, look, you started to show a gangster rap. You go, oh, my you go gosh, the Eagles? Dude. Absolutely, no. dude. Hotel California. Want, is there anything know, more Cali than Hotel California? Yes. No. There's there, yeah. there's a lot more. Oh I've Guys, I once spotted a roommate rent money so he wouldn't have to go bartend at the Yum Center for the Eagles because I was like, friends don't make friends. <laughs> um, here, bro, just hit me back whenever you can. Like, let's let's go drink. That's terrible. That's hilarious. Uh, but quick little quick little factoids for you about your last two music uh, selections. Yes, Hotel California. It's funny they finally came out and admitted what the song is about. For years, people thought it was about being stuck in limbo or purgatory. Yes, you know the the it kind of is. It's really about cocaine psychosis. Mm. He said it was just about being laid up, being way too coked out and going into psychosis and not knowing if things were real or not. <laughs> Hallucinating from doing too much cocaine. I'll allow it. So there you go. It is, it's, it's nothing deep. It's nothing meaningful. <laughs> but the guy laughed and said, I think it's funny that people have turned it into like a Buddhist prayer almost. And then, uh, so and basically, then the real fun one, though. It's Alice in Wonderland. Yes, yes, yes. And then uh, for uh, it was a good day. Do you all know that the internet the, the internet is terrible, man? It brings us together to fight, but occasionally something really cool happens. Like some dude wasted a lot of time pinpointing the exact date of it was a good day. And do you all know what that was? No. January 20th, 1991 was the only day where Yo! MTV Raps was on air. It was clear and smogless. Beepers were commercially sold. The Lakers beat the Supersonics. And Ice Cube had no events to attend. January 20th, 1992, National Good Day Day. Wow. Look at Joe Kelly. Joe, Joe Kelly with the, with, the <laughs> with, with the music knowledge. You know what? So, Joe, I have a question for you. So, shoot. And I'm going to need an honest answer on this. <laughs> Was, did Tupac give us the greatest heel turn in the history of hip in the history of hip hop when he went from East Coast Tupac and two years later <laughs> became ride or die California A all West Coast screw the East Coast guy when he did a Hulk Hogan heel turn was that like the greatest turn ever in hip hop history? Has there been another heel turn that you can even compare to it? No, I not mean, really. I, the only thing that even comes to mind, and you're going to laugh and go, "Yeah, no, that." And, and I'm <laughs> saying this is how this is how wide the delta is. It would be when MC Hammer dropped the MC and was a thug from Atlanta. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Like the guy that the guy that the guy that was, uh, that, was that that was lauded and 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 you never could, you couldn't go anywhere without them talking about. It. And Hammer grew up outside, you know, grew up in California and San Francisco, and he was a big Willie Mays fan, blah, blah, blah. 
and then gangster rap takes over and he's dancing with no shirt on and a beanie with a baseball bat like he's the oh gosh the pumps and the bumps dude <laughs> oh god there it is the worst song ever he's there done it is. the best song he's done oh, is god. let's get started man guys see don't don't say I'm not broad on music, because I can go from telling you what day Ice Cube was rapping about on It Was a Good Day to then talk about MC Hammer. We can throw some eagles in there, too, man. We can get wild with it. Joe Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. And there we go. There we go. <laughs> that that also, right there is why this man is on this radio you know this what? morning. <laughs> and you know what? I retract my uh, hologram Nate dog, because if they don't bring Cube out to, be, to perform with them, Fair. guys, do you realize that means 30 years or so after Ice Cube left NWA, left Dr. Dre, broke and, and literally stranded on death row because he had to go to Suge. They didn't have their money right, all that. Cube Walks writes the meanest diss song I think that's ever come out in hip-hop about all those dudes. But he's doing halftime shows for NASCAR events, and Dre's doing the Super Bowl. Holla. Literally, he was in Utah <laughs> last night in Salt Lake City about to perform. Uh, he was at the jazz game last night. He has a, he has a, uh, a concert tonight in Utah. He's got the Mormons jumping out. Mm. I mean, it's just, it's just like. <laughs> it's just wow. Amazing. Ice Cube in Mormon country. <laughs> I would pay to fly in to see that. It's amazing. They said Cube is in the house tonight. I was watching the jazz game, the yeah, jazz magic last night. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Cube is on sidelines. You got to figure when Cube goes like to Utah, the set list changes from everything after, uh, you know, 1997. <laughs> like, you saw that. You can do it, put your back into it. And, you know, and the Mormons just celebrate. <laughs> That's my jam. That's old school. I, was, I, I It was just funny when I saw him because, of course, you know that um, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union, they're always there at the jazz games now that D. Wade is one of the minority owners uh, with the jazz. So it's just funny to kind of see they're just slowly trying to infiltrate there in old Salt Lake City. <laughs> just slowly but surely. Man, there's a mar this is an opportunity for me. I got to go out west, man. I can be I can be the bridge between the Mormons and the and the hip hop. There it is. I love it. I love it absolutely. I did that. Look, they get D-Wade's trying to get them together. D-Wade down Hey, right, man, good on him. <laughs> all right, Haven. So <laughs> I, time man of the year. I I have gifted you all this time to get us prepped for Super Bowl LVI going down tomorrow in LA so I am going to I, I want to hear your thoughts on you know just, just your, your opening thoughts about what we're going to see out there and, and then you know we can sprinkle in what, what, what we're thinking but just, just give me wherever you want to go with, with getting this Super Bowl talk going have at it sir I want to go and place a bet on how many times Joe Burrow is going to get sacked Ooh, mm. he got sacked nine times against the Titans so against Errol, against uh, Aaron Donald and Von Miller, maybe can he get like double digits? Because the Bengals offensive line is straight trash. Horrible. Gave up 54, 54 sacks this season. So, I mean, can, can we go for a double-double in sacks? Is that possible? So let me ask you something about that. Because, like, I, I've, you know, they've, all, they've said that he is the only quarterback to, you know, to be on a team that gave up more than X number of sacks and to win a playoff game. Like, literally what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing right now, Should nobody's ever done. Yeah. Yes. For a team that has a line that bad to, you know, let alone win one game, to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, they won in Kansas City. Like, on one hand, Haven, I, I'm starting to feel like this is going to be a Disney made-for-TV movie one day, and I'm just trying to figure out who's going to play Joe Burrow in this movie. 
Like that that could be a whole like is it gonna be Channing Tatum that's gonna be Joe Burrow? <laughs> but I, I just have a feeling that we are watching the Bengals movie and everybody else is just like sidebar characters. Because there's no way that they should be doing what they're doing, yet it's happening. They're here. I mean, it's it's, it's Burrow. I mean, if you look at it, it's, it's it all comes down to Burrow. I mean, he has he's the difference in this team. He's healthy this year. He played a whole year, but you know, I, I, I worry about him, you know, long term because there's no way you can take that many hits and have a sustained NFL career. It's just impossible. And I, I know a lot of guys like, man, he's. This guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. Eh, let's see. He's already had like one significant injury <laughs> because he's been sacked so much. And then he gets sacked over 54 times this year. Eh, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, you have Joe Burrow. And then you have probably the greatest, the best wide receiver in the Super Bowl in Jamar Chase. Like by far. Oh, uh, over Cooper Cup, the Triple Crown winner? I would take. Him I mean, Cooper, Cooper Cup led the the NFL I, in receptions, yards, yeah, and I, touchdowns. I, I know, right? I mean, Cooper Cup is is the man, but two thousand yards receiving. But what Jamar's also done as well is just equally as impressive. Yeah, on the other side, in a much harder division, AFC is a much harder. There's a much harder like side of the NFL to play on than NFC. That's fair. Much much harder. I mean, you had to go through the Forty ers Haven Harrison just dropped a bomb right there. To be fair, though, though, their division had three playoff teams in it. And the Cowgirls. (laughs) That's your team. (laughs) That is my team. That's why I call them the Cowgirls. (laughs) I've I've earned that, the right to call them the Cowgirls. No, that's that's fair. I mean, but no, you're right. And and I think that one of the biggest things that that was a huge gamble for the the Bengals is that that, they took Jamar Chase, I believe, with the fourth pick in the draft this past year. Um, Instead of opting to get an offensive lineman when they knew that their line was trash, Burrow basically told his management that Chase is the dude that you need to get. And the gamble paid off. He never lied. I mean, now he got hit, sacked 54 times, like Joe talked about. (laughs) So... You know, and, and, and to Joe's point, no, I, I had to give a big up to L.A., man. They spent all this money to go to Super Bowl. Like, they put all their chips in on this season. They're the new 94-49ers. They're the new best yep, team I money can that, buy. I said that, I said that uh, there have been two Cold Wars within divisions in my lifetime that were wildly entertaining, and it was, it was the, the who could outspend who in the 90s between San Francisco and Dallas fighting for that NFC crown every year. And then Green Bay kind of got into it towards the end when Aikman and Young started having concussions. That was when Favre came up. And the other one is in the in the 2010s, man, between Seattle and the Legion of Boom and, and Harbaugh and the, and the Niners. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, it's... But, but what the Rams did is unprecedented, man. They, I mean, whew, they don't have a first-round pick until 2024. Yeah. They went all in on this season. They, they they literally put all their chips in on this season. Yeah, they, like, they definitely went the it. way of the Ricky Williams New Orleans Saints deal. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just trade our whole draft for one dude. Or the, or the uh, Herschel mm-hmm. Walker and the Vikings. We need everything right yeah. now. Yeah, Here it is. Yep. I mean, that's but, the, but you know what? I mean, I can make arguments for both sides, and and especially when you're a franchise like the Rams who have just moved from St. Louis, you made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but you knew that your quarterback, your young quarterback who you had invested in, you know, high draft pick, you knew he wasn't the guy, so you got him out before he had an albatross contract that you wouldn't be able to deal with. So you took the gamble on the guy from Detroit that people for years have been saying if you put a good team around him, he can win games for you. I mean, he's that's, a, that's been the saying. That's been the saying all his whole career. 
is that Stafford just mm-hmm. needs a team. And I'm telling you what, man, I don't think it's any coincidence that the that the number one and number two uh, all time receiving seasons are put up by guys that were catching balls from him. What it tells you is, if, and, and I'm not saying that that <clears throat> he relies on on one guy, right? Because he's actually proved this year in L.A. to me that he doesn't. I thought that a lot of his stats were kind of like uh, me- me- Megatron centric. Me- <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I used to say I have no idea how good. Uh, or bad Stafford or Andy Dalton are because when you can just throw jump balls to Megatron and AJ Green, right? You look pretty pretty confident. But he's out here working with it. He's he's getting everybody in that in that receiving core incorporated this season, and, and he spread the ball around. But but Coop's his dude, and, and it shows that he he gets in there and he gets rhythm with a receiver. And man, you can you can light up the scoreboard with the guy, Joe. I think you can safely say that Barry Sanders died so that Matt Stafford could fly. Everybody said that if you gave Man. Barry Sanders a team, you know, or get him in the right situation, he could have been. You know, he was he was up, had a free agent. He could have left and been a part of that 49ers team in 94. Yep. He, had a, he had the opportunity to, after that 93 season, to leave Detroit and could have joined that 49ers team. Of course, the 49ers ended up going the way of Ricky Waters because uh, – Barry turned him down, but could you imagine? Barry decided, you know what, you know I'm going to stay with Scott Mitchell. <laughs> we believe in what I'll we're doing. You, I'll tell you the even crazier one to me. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard the rumor long enough that I'm willing to run with it. Uh, <laughs> you know that's how rumors work, right? Absolutely. I've heard. I've heard for for decades now that at one point Detroit was willing to send him to Miami, but at the last minute, Dan Marino said, "No, nah, I don't want to take him away from my past attempts." And I could totally see that. Oh yeah, Dan oh, Marino yeah. is the one guy, the one quarterback without a ring that I think if you asked him, "Would you sacrifice your stats for a ring?" He'd go, "Hell no, those are mine." Yeah, it's not my fault. My team couldn't help me win a ring, but I got those numbers. I mean, I feel that. I mean, but I get it. but when I think about just the possibility of having Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and Barry Sanders all in. On one field at the same time with that offensive line that the 49ers had at that time? Unstoppable. Jeez, Louise. Unstoppable. (laughs) That literally would have been the greatest team ever put on a field. Oh, easy. (laughs) Ever. Like, I I so wanted Barry to leave Detroit. He was my favorite player. He was everybody's favorite uh, player. I was about to say that. Who, Who our age or our age range? I mean, if you're seriously, if you're between the ages of, I would say, 36 to 46, Barry Sanders is probably your favorite player. If not your favorite, <laughs> he was must-watch television yes. every Sunday. If, the, if Detroit was on, you were like, we're watching the Lions. Oh, you would have to watch the Lions. And like, you would, oh, my God. That's the only reason to watch like Thanksgiving football. <laughs> Just to see what Barry's going to yeah. do. Just see what Barry's going to do. And why do you still have the Lions like, to this day? I don't know because, like, why? Like, yeah, it's, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is now over. <laughs> that, that that whole yeah Barry's Barry's not walking through that door, but you know hey, the traditions Haven traditions. Hey, so before, did anybody did y'all see the did you see the Detroit Rams merchandise that they put out? Detroit Rams, That's the saddest thing I've ever seen. No, Detroit sporting goods stores in Detroit printed up uh, T-shirts that had the Lions body with the Ram head logo on it because of Matt Stafford. Ah, wow, they're all claiming they're all claiming Stafford Super Bowl. Of course they Detroit's are. Claiming it, oh, they, they might as well. They might as well, because that's the closest we're going to get. 
Hey, we had a text. In the great in. words of Marvin Gaye, what is going on? <laughs> a texter in 414-1450 uh, asked a question. Uh, he said, will Louisville have a spring game this spring since Satterfield is making all these moves? And I actually just yeah. wanted to answer that. Yes. Yes. He's, he's learning. He's figured it out. April 3rd, 4 o'clock p.m., ACC Network. It will be televised as well. So, there he, we go. He learned his lessons, folks. He learned his lesson. Yes. So that 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 will happen. So mark your calendars now. And if you can't be there in person, check it out on the ACC Network. Red versus white going down. Louisville spring game. Hey, we got plenty more. We're coming right back after this break, and we'll be talking more Super Bowl Who and maybe day? get some predictions. Who day? Ooh, there we go. I know, right? We'll be back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Which colors are you choosing? Yellow and blue, orange and black. You know what? Big shout out to Tracy Morrow, a.k.a. Ice-T, another New York transplant going to L.A., making a name for himself as an L.A. rapper. One of the first gangster rappers was 6 in the morning. Came by about 87. Yeah, Haven, you told me he was from New York. I did not realize that. Yes. He was also mm -hmm. the valedictorian of his senior class. Makes sense. Yep. Joined, joined the military, became a jewel thief. Wow. <laughs> Ice-T, Ice honestly, man, is one of those – he's a character now. Like, he's bigger than – he's larger than life. And oh. I don't use that term often, but that man people, – people like to, like, joke about his, his Ice-T co-facts. You know, on Twitter. Oh yeah, but man, this dude has lived everything, and and he's from the era where when before you had rules on MTV. So, yeah, he was the first dude I remember. I remember watching the video for, and it's like, man, he got a stack of money, a bunch of chicks and bikinis, and a and a and a Mac Ten. Well, all right then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now, and, his, it... and he's got the best. We mentioned CB four earlier. I think Rashawn did. Oh yeah, man. That is the best scene in all of CB4, and I will fight anybody over it. When, they, when they're doing all the solo interviews with real hip-hop artists, yes. and they go to T, and Ice-T goes, man, they show me the guns. I said I was down with CB4. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm blessed. <laughs> oh, God. And shout-out to T for the haters' ball. Next one of y'all to pop up, I'm shooting y'all. Best believe that. 
and, and now the man's doing this is a cold call with ice t- uh, with, with ice uh, stone with cold, cold steve, steve austin do do a commercial the man's been on what uh, crazy. law and order for like the past like 13 I know, years no, now 13 got tried 30 years got forever it's been on forever like he was on the original cast of that and i think i want to say svu came out in like 98 you know, and the best about ice 97 tea, like ice tea doesn't act ice tea just plays ice tea yeah it's and like, it's still on like literally <laughs> it's still on it's still on it's, he's ice tea as a cop He's like Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck can't, <laughs> yes. can't act worth the damn. But Ben Affleck just plays Ben Affleck in various roles. Everything. Yes. It's, it's Daredevil Affleck, is Ben Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Agreed. That's funny. Batman uh, is Ben, ben Affleck. Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, terrible. All right, fellas. So, so you know, we, we are down to our last eh, 27, 26 minutes of the show. So, I, I need some thoughts on what you expect to see out there. Rams come in with all the star power, have the the greatest defensive line to, to hit the Super Bowl since probably Strahan and crew was there. Um, they have all the bells and whistles. They have OBJ. They have Cooper Cup. They have Stafford, the golden boy. They have McVay, the, the ruggedly faced, you know, pr- pretty boy coach. Now his second time around. They have every reason to think that they should win this Super Bowl. Um. So what 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 do you th- what are you thinking, Haven? I, I'm gonna ask you first, Joe. I want to get you second, but like I, I need to know: is it gonna be the L.A. beatdown that we are expecting, or does the Bengals have another trick for you? If you are a betting man or woman, go to your nearest betting parlor right now and put down your next paycheck mm. on this bet. There will be one person dressed as Cobra Commander at that game. <laughs> I will put money on it. Really? Yes. There will be somebody dressed as in a Cobra Commander. That'd be a the, hell of a prop bet. Wearing the Washington football team colors. It's going to happen. Somebody has the uniform already. They're going to be there. I'm telling you. Hey. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's going to happen. The commanders are going to infiltrate. The commanders are going to infiltrate. You know why? Because L.A. has, like, the worst crowd ever. That's true. They played a freaking NFC championship game, and it was, like, three times as many 49er fans there than Rams fans in, like, their own stadium. But you know what? I was, I was, it was interesting to see, like, for the you know, you would think that this is the first time that the Bengals have been back to the Super Bowl since 88. Um, you would think that there would be a ton of Bengals fans trying to get in there into that game, especially no, you know, since the LA fans are notoriously no shows for anything happening out there, especially with their football teams. That you would think that Cincinnati would be all over, but did you know that they said that only nine percent of all secondary market tickets on StubHub have been purchased by Bengals fans? Have you seen the price? Nine percent. Oh no, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. Like I, I'm not you saying that it's cheap, but nine percent. You know how much Skyline Chiller you can buy with nine thousand dollars? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's about no, yeah, I'm, and it's LA. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not kidding, man. When uh, when when the that night when the Rams, when we knew it was set that that the the Rams were going to be hosting the Super Bowl in L.A., man. I've been talking with buddies for years about they've got to do the Death Row, L.A. Super Bowl halftime show. So I was like, oh man, they're actually doing it. Let me look up tickets real quick, man. We might have to we might have to see if we can if we can all navigate a little little fly out Thursday, kick it for the weekend out in L.A. You know, and then come back. 
I know some people out there. They could probably put us up. We could stay. Yeah, I looked at those plane tickets and the and and secondary market tickets for nosebleeds, and was like, yeah, uh, I guess everybody can come over and listen to Chronic Two Thousand on my iPod with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, like nosebleeds, uh, like nine, you know, twelve thousand dollars. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuts. I, 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 yeah. You're right. I mean, no, I, I understand it. I absolutely get it. But nine percent—that's a very small percentage. Cincinnati fans, like, that's yeah, we, only, we don't make that scratch. <laughs> that's my only issue with these grandiose destination, you know, locations for the Super Bowl. Is that yeah, it's it's a great spectacle, and this is a huge party. But man, of all the years, for it's WrestleMania. Old, this is going to be WrestleMania of football. <laughs> Yeah, and and for the tortured souls of Cincinnati, it's the most expensive Super Bowl ticket ever. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So it's like you're already taking people who live in a smaller market, smaller average income, and you're asking them, "Hey, you want to fly to the other coast in January or in February, and then drop ten grand on a ticket? Just do that. That's before you even get a hotel. That's before you even get a lift from the airport." So I feel like the question is, an expensive ticket. how many Raiders, Chargers, and 49ers fans are going to go to the game dressed as Bengals fans? <laughs> Just to spite mm. the Rams. Probably quite a few. I feel, like, I feel like most of the Cincinnati fans that we'll see are actually fans of other football teams in L.A. Like, I feel like that's going to be like the lion's share of who's out there. Because the hate is that strong. I think this will be – Oh, absolutely. I, I, I hadn't thought about it, but now that you, you're mentioning all this stuff and, and how low the you know nine percent, you know, this honestly might be one of those. Uh, this might be the first Super Bowl we've ever seen that kind of looks like an NBA game when they try to do whiteouts or, or color outs, you know, and they put the T-shirts over the over the chairs, and you always see half the crowd is like, "I am not putting your five dollar T-shirt over top of this eighty dollar button up that I wore out to sit, you know, in the lower bowl of an NBA arena." You might see a lot of people in dress shirts, button ups, and, and and just neutral colors. I can see it. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see it. But you know what? I'm excited for for the Bengals. This is the first time they have ever been in the Super Bowl and didn't have to play the 49ers. So maybe luck may be on their side. Yeah, luck may be on their side. Right. So so what's gonna happen? Yeah, so you, you said May, so I need I need it down. I tell us, Haven Harrington, the illustrious football expert of Wake Up Five O Two, what's gonna happen? Who's gonna be the MVP? I want I, I want it on record. My head if I was like to logically think about the game, I I would have to go to Los Los Angeles. Just logically speaking. You have to go to LA. Better coach, better offensive talent all around and more positions. Uh Better offensive line, way better defensive line, a way better defensive line. But for some reason, L.A. a lot of times plays down to the competition, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It's like they never really put everything on full display. Very seldom this year have we seen when it's like literally everything's clicking. Like every everything's up and running. Everything's coming. The Death Star is fully operational. That – that hasn't happened a lot this year. We saw it against the 49ers uh, the past couple of times they played them. You know, yep. they just haven't been able to kind of put everything together. We saw some of that first playoff. The first playoff game was a blowout. But then after that, you know, they've had to kind of like hang on to win. You know, they just really haven't kind of put all the pieces of the puzzle together at the same time. Well, conversely, you look at the Bengals who've been 
literally outgunned in almost every game they played in in the playoffs, but found a way to win. Like, there's no way, no way in the world they should have beat the Titans with Burrow getting sacked nine times. That should never have happened, ever, especially with the last two minutes. He gets sacked again when they're trying to score, and they might have scored anyway. It's just, it's just crazy. You know, it seems like Lady Luck is just happens to be on the side of the Bengals this yep. year. They they find a way exactly. to pull it out. So oh, is that so, so is that, that is that your is that your prediction? I, I need a I need a final score, sir, and I need an MVP. You know what? The Bengals are a four point dog. Give me who day by three. Ooh. What's the score? Twenty seven thirty. Twenty seven thirty. So going on record. I like it. Joe? I agree with a, with a lot of what what Haven just said. I've been I've been sitting here watching the team. One thing that I that I don't like is when a team wins. Don't give me that crap about the better team didn't win today. No, the better team today won today. You might be the better team tomorrow. Might have been the better team yesterday, next Tuesday. But guess what? We don't play any of those dates. So bye. See you next season. I don't take I don't discredit wins when teams get them. But it there is a feeling of man, y'all are getting every lucky break you could possibly imagine. And at some point, that luck has to run out, right? But then, you know the Super Bowl champion team that, it, that I keep going back to where I go, no. Everybody talked about the offense and how great the quarterback was, but every ball got tipped to the secondary and they were able to make a play. And, it, and they ran it through a Super Bowl. And that was the New Orleans Saints. The year that Darren Sharper was all over the secondary, picking off everything. Yeah. People talked about Drew Brees and the offense. But Vilma and Sharper had that defense making big plays. They gave up a lot of yardage, but they made big plays. It was that bend but don't break mentality defense where they would just blitz, 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 and eventually get a turnover. I don't want to say that, that Cincinnati's going to do that because it's highly unlikely. But I'll be damned if they haven't gotten every lucky break you could ask for. So if it goes through for them, good on them. If Cincinnati wins, the, the Super Bowl MVP will be somebody from their secondary. It mm. won't be Joe Burrow. Go, go, go on a La- Larry Brown. Uh, Larry Brown with the Steelers picking off. It's gonna be the Chargers yeah, eighty-five times. <laughs> no, it was it was it was he played for the Cowboys. It was Neil O'Donnell. That no, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's right. It was it was against the Steelers. I got a bar of soap in my mouth in that game, that Super Bowl. That oh, was wow. eighth grade for me, and I dropped an F-bomb in front of my grandmother. <laughs> oh, wow. And she said, you ain't you ain't too big and too old to catch this bar of soap. And y'all remember the old soap your grandpa had out in the garage that had the pumice in it, lava? Oh, good yeah, Lord. Yeah, that's what grandma used to wash your mouth out with. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, I, I need a score. I, I, I need a score. I need an official record. I'm going to go 24-17. I'm going to go 24-17 L.A. Okay, okay. So, so, so taking LA, but you are definitely feeling the mojo for Cincinnati. I, hey, I, if Cincinnati wins, I won't be surprised. I really won't. But I just don't think they're going to have an answer for for Donald and Miller. I don't know that they have an answer for either of them, much less both of them. Oh, what they do, won't. you got? Of course not. No, that's an excellent point. I mean, nobody does. And we've seen defensive lines dominate in the Super Bowl. Like what we've seen this happen. Like I said, we saw it twice with the the New York Giants. Like. They literally just derailed everything that the Patriots wanted to do with that pass rush. So, I mean, absolutely it can happen. We saw it with Kansas City uh, last year, Tampa Bay. Like, you know, if your quarterback's on his back, he can't throw. 
Yeah. And and that's that's how you neutralize if if you don't have the best quarterback in the league, try to get the best edge rusher. So fellas, I, I you know, I, I've been thinking about this game and, and you know, I look at all the star power um with the Rams. Um I, I look at Stafford. Like I said, that they have every right uh and every expectation that they should go out and win this game. Uh the the uh, co- the coach, the head coach for uh the Bengals, Taylor, he was actually the uh, quarterback's coach the last time that the Rams went to the Super Bowl. He was uh, Jared Goff's quarterback coach. So this is a guy who does have the experience of making this run to the Super Bowl. He was literally a part of the of Sean McVay's staff uh, that made that run. Um, so, you know, he definitely has that advantage that he at least has that experience under his belt. Um, so he may know a bit of how McVay's thinking going into that. So that is a consideration that you need to give to Cincinnati. Um, but I'm, I'm going to say this. This is, this is what I expect. And it goes a little something like this. Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area. I love you so badly. I They're solid plastic, so don't settle for imitation. But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever <laughs> That's right. It's going down. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to get it done. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and that no-name defense that's been kicking tail all playoff long. Nobody can name anybody on the defense at all. Like, I can't name you one dude on that defense, but all I know is that that defense went in on the road, went into Kansas City, and shut down the Chiefs in that second half. They made uh, everybody on that Chiefs offense look like they had no idea what they were doing. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't know how they're doing it. All I know is that uh, Mahomes was calling for his mama. He was sucking on his thumb, and he made all those dudes, Tyreek Hill included, look silly. I don't know why it's going to happen, but what I believe is that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to get it done. It's going to be a Disney made-for-TV special. We're going to see Channing Tatum out there. We're going to have some little kid that's like in a hospital that he's going to go visit and promise and guarantee a championship, and it's going to happen. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to get it done. 31-17, the L.A. Rams are going to choke. Ooh. They're going to do too much talking. They're going to be styling and profiling, jet plane flying, space mountain riding. They're going to come in with all the swag like Ric Flair. And guess what? It's not going to mean a thing. You went out there and you got Von Miller. You went, you go down there, you have Aaron Donald. You went out there, you got OBJ. You got Cooper Cup. You got Matt Stafford. You got every reason in the world to win it. But you know what? It's not going to matter. The Cincinnati Bengals are getting it done. 31-17, fellas. That's what's going to happen. Hey, so the only question left to be to, for y'all to answer then is, so 
if they pull it off, are we taking a ride up the up the interstate and going and covering the uh, the Super Bowl parade? Oh, I mean, you know it. That's good. we should be. Hey, no, we'll, I'm gonna be up there in Cincinnati. Like literally, when the game is over, if Cincinnati wins, I'm going straight to Cincinnati. Oh my! Goodness. I'm going straight over the Rhine, and we're gonna party like it's 1999. I'm I telling you, it. it's gonna be crazy. I'm, it's gonna be insane. I'm riding shotgun, and I got gas money on that. There we go. Is it? It's gonna be. I man, I'm. I, look, I don't have a dog in this fight. I think the Rams. I, I, I like the fact that the Rams have a couple U of L players. That's nice, you know. Get get a Super Bowl ring and all. But for Cincinnati fans, and there's so many of them that I've grown up with and known, and they've been tortured for so long. And I've been a Steelers fan, you know, before Baltimore drafted Lamar. So I've experienced good things for my football team. They haven't always been a constant state of misery for me. So I, I welcome Cincinnati into the fun wagon for a while. Absolutely. You know what? That they you want to talk about long suffering fans, and you talk about you know everything that Cincinnati fans have been through and, and all that type of stuff. You know, you always like seeing those franchises that haven't been there in a, in a long time getting it done. And I mean, I think the Rams fall into that same category. You know, I mean, they haven't been much of anything since what Jackie Slater was <laughs> was playing for the Rams. I mean, they, go, go. I mean, I, but they, they, they some baby. You know, I mean, you know, the, yeah, I mean, you did. That's true. I mean, you, they they did have their their run there um, at at the late '90s. So I mean, they haven't been long suffering as as much as as many. Um, but you know, you have a couple franchises. It's been to, you know twenty plus years. Um, Cincinnati has never gotten you know hoisted up the the gilded antlers, but at least they hit made it to a Super Bowl back in '88. But I mean. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens. Joe Burrow just – I cannot get out of the way of what has just become an amazing story. Like, everything that has happened – like, I just feel like this is just their storybook. You know, I mean, just think about it. Just think about how the, how the movie writes itself. You have the, 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 the quarterback who was much maligned, transferred from Ohio State, ends up at LSU, you know, has a rough start to his season, uh, you know, then ends up winning a champ- national championship the very following season after a rough season at LSU the first year, uh, wins the championship there, comes back, is the number one pick, goes down to an injury. So everybody's thinking, wow, it's just going to be another situation where a great quarterback is his whole career is derailed because of injury, comes back the very next year. Finds a way to grind his team to a playoffs, and now is in the Super Bowl and has a chance to not only win a NCAA or you know BCS national championship, but now to win a Super Bowl championship in only his second and season. If I'm not mistaken, that's crazy. If I'm not mistaken, he'll be the first quarterback in NFL history to win the Heisman, to win a uh, college national championship, and a Super Bowl. Wow. Yep, and he's also the he'll, he's also the first quarterback to be drafted number one overall and take his team to the to the Super Bowl in his first five seasons. He did it in year two. The kid's a winner, man. And I know that's, that's generic and it's a cliche, but he all he does is win. And he has swag, put him y'all. Out there. He has, swag. He has yeah. the greatest amount of swag I've ever seen since like a Broadway show. I was going to ask you all this. <laughs> you, you all this. What is, where is the line? You know what I'm saying? Because there is a line for all athletes where – Everybody loves your swag, and they love that you're braggadocious, and and you got a little 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 walk about you. Where does it go from everybody loves you? Because Joe Burrow is in in an interesting spot right now for for an athlete. Everybody loves him. Everybody, yeah. Fans of other teams think he's great. Everybody wishes he was their quarterback. That's rare stuff, man. We live in a world where Rashawn even hates LeBron. 
Like, <laughs> it's hard for an athlete to win over everyone. Athletes and politicians, nobody wins over everyone, right? Joe yes, Burrow's doing it. So what's the line, though? Like, what's he got to do before people get tired of it? How many? How, many, how much winning? He's just got to win. I mean, because Tom, everybody loved Tom Brady. They thought it was the greatest story that a six-round pick – you know, takes over for the golden boy Drew Bledsoe and wins. You know, leads him to a championship, and then that plucky kid comes back and wins a couple more as well. And then they're like, "Okay, the plucky kid's still winning." Yeah, and that, he's still that, winning. That's a problem. <laughs> he never stopped there winning. Was some, uh, there it's like, was damn that plucky kid. There. <laughs> there was some lightweight cheating in there because I'm trying to think and like everybody does. Because I thought Tom Brady too, and I'm like, but there was the plate gate, there was the tuck ball call. You know, there was a lot of stuff around Tom Brady that made it easy to get over him. Similar to the Golden State Warriors, how everybody loved them. And then Draymond couldn't stop kicking dudes in the in the peen. And we were like, man, we're tired of this. Get them up out of here. Get the, stop kicking people, Draymond. You play basketball, sir. No kicking in basketball. <laughs> There's no kicking in basketball. Yeah, no. I know. I, I, I think that's going to – I mean, because Joe, the good thing about where Joe is, Joe's with a, with a franchise that's never going to be the Golden franchise. I mean, like, literally – he can be done. Like everybody can love him forever. If he gets this done, he doesn't have to win ever again. Yeah, he, yeah. He's done. Like he can just chill he out. Could be staying Humphreys. Yeah. Like why not? Just stay home. Stay in Cincinnati. You will just be the great. Like he, he his whole career can be culminated. <laughs> in two Sunday. Years. Yes. So you're, so you're saying, man? Okay, so that's like the opposite of Chris Mack. Get get paid. <laughs> just go. Just go enjoy life now. Yeah, like he can go to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati can have marginal teams the rest of his time, and he never has to do anything, but he will be the next Joe. It was Joe Namath, then it was Joe Montana, and then there'll be Joe Burrow. So you're saying Joe Burrow's just going just to knock Joe Flacco out of that conversation of Super Bowl winning Joe's? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, we, no. Yeah, we don't, we don't he doesn't even – I, I forgot he, he was even there. So, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, That's because Joe Flacco didn't win the Super Bowl. He was just on the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. man, that look, was, that was Ray you Lewis's will never Super Bowl. <laughs> I was a Joe Flacco hater. I mean, I just he. There's no point in having energy towards him now. But man, you got to give him his due. That man caught fire that year in the playoffs. Yeah. I remember watching Joe Flacco in the playoffs that year, going, "What in the hell is happening?" Oh, he, he did catch fire. I mean, but it was the plot of Space Jam. He stole Tom Brady's talent. I mean, but but you know, it's like the Ravens have proven defense wins championships because yeah, Trenton Dilfer who couldn't throw his way out wet paper bag won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but this was, but yeah. this was this was end of the line Ravens when when Uncle Ray was taking deer antler spray to to you know get back on the field and, and Ed Reed's <laughs> hips were so bad I don't think he could rotate anymore. And still, two of the best out there on the field. Yeah, yeah. fair, <laughs> ridiculous, fair. Hey, <laughs> hey! before we get out of here, of course, we also had uh, the NBA uh, trade deadline that just came up. The L.A. Lakers tried everything they could to push Russell Westbrook off on somebody else. And everybody said, um, no, thank you. We're good. We're okay. Yeah. 
So everybody, you can la- now laugh and point at the L.A. Lakers as they have to sit in their crap as they are, <laughs> are currently in ninth place and falling and no one wants to get them out of it. I literally heard somebody on the radio this morning saying, do you all think that LeBron could possibly just leave L.A. and try to go back to Cleveland again for the third time? I literally heard that conversation on the way in this morning. That's no, that's a, that's a legit rumor after he, after he drafted Darius Garland with his first pick in the All-Star lineup. I mean, they're like, wait, what's what's LeBron? What's doing? happening? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's happening again. Oh my God, he left for a couple years. Since I know you're you're, I know you like to to get your jabs in on this current Lakers roster, Rashawn. Uh, what are your thoughts on the fact that Anthony Davis will be in attendance for the All Star game to be honored as one of the all time great seventy five oh NBA players? That's but he ridiculous. will not be playing in the All Star game. It's it's absolutely he ridiculous. Get, he did not get voted to the All Star game, but he's on the all time seventy five. <laughs> I, you know what? I would just game. about. I would rather them have just left out any active players and just put in the seventy-five greatest retired players than than I just because they they try to shoehorn some of these dudes in here like Damian Lillard and no, you know the, the, no. Anthony Davis and then some of these guys. It's just no like way man, come Damian on, dude. The top seventy-five NBA anything. Like I just I, <sighs> no. I, I yeah no. I, I I don't like that I, I just I, I would just rather leave it because you just can't like outside of LeBron and KD maybe you actually, really and, and, I actually, mean of this generation whoever, really, but, just, whoever's whoever's gonna bump Bill Lambert off the fifty spot I'm cool with them you know like I don't care who it is because <laughs> there were some dudes on that first team that I even remember as a kid going huh no that can't be that can't be right <laughs> that's fair. That's right. No, I mean, but I, I, I don't know. I that that seventy five list, I have a lot of issues with. But they always do that crap just to get people talking. But um, yeah, I, I just I can't deal with it. But the Lakers, yes, that they are going down the the, the pipe, and, and I cannot be happier about that. Man, I, I am enjoying flamed it. Out. Kevin Durant's flamed out. This is crazy. You know, hey, it is what it is. But I, that was funny. Ben Simmons is now uh, on his way to Brooklyn to with lose. James Harden headed down to Philly. I think it's a good. I think it's a good. It's a win-win for both teams. Um, I think it works out better. The only trade that I really had a question with at the deadline is why in the hell the Mavericks would trade the unicorn <laughs> Porzingis for I Spencer Dinwiddie. Porzingis. Because Porzingis is hot, wet trash. Oh, like, just, come on. But man, Spencer Dinwiddie? Really? Hey, bro, I'll take Rashawn, if you got a bag of day-old uh, donuts in the back seat of your car right now, you can have him. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's disrespect. Like, that take that was him, just, woo. Take him and that contract and get up out of here, sir. But my favorite trade? Montrez Harrell headed to the Charlotte Hornets, rejoining Scary Terry Rozier for that group. I love it. I love that move, and I'm very excited. The Louisville boys back together, man. But, hey, fellas. First first bucket? Yes, absolutely. Alley-oop. You better believe it. Hey, get used to it. Who day? Fellas, it's going down. I appreciate your time. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly. Hey, fellas, we out. Wake up 502. Who day?